Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to the Level Up Latina podcast. Today, uh, we have episode 119, and we have a very, very special guest, Janice Torres Rodriguez. Janice is the creator and host of the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. With her show, Janice is on a mission to start a financial literacy revolution for the modern Latina. She is here today to discuss side hustles, building wealth, and financial independence. Janice, we are excited to have you and to learn more about your financial journey. Porque como Latinas, queremos dinero and we want a lot of it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, let's get it all. I know. We were just talking about forget the, the checks in the mail. Get it the di direct deposit, baby. <laughs> let's show me the money. It's a hard conversation, right? The dinero conversation is really tough, especially amongst Latinas, a lot of first-generation women that are, you know, paving the way, trying to make their way um, in different industries and not having really the right support or the right guidance. So before we get into that juicy stuff, because you know you have a ton of it, some good info, tell us a little bit more about you, your background, your upbringing, and where were you born? Yeah, so I am Latina, Puerto Rican, born and raised from Jersey, um, and I now live in Florida. So this whole world of financial literacy, I have found, it's not just me that didn't know what the hell was going on. It's like all of us. So, you know, I never intended to be a uh, personal finance educator, entrepreneur, all the things. I grew up in a very traditional Latino household. The message was graduate from high school, go to college, get a degree get a job, hopefully get a pension, work till you're 65. And like, that's the American dream. And if you're lucky, you know, get married, have two and a half kids and buy a house between all of that, right? So, you know, I think back to my childhood, and I was always a good student. So naturally, I was like, I'm gonna go do something that makes a lot of money. So what are we, what is that? That's let me go be a doctor, let me go be a lawyer, let me go do something that I imagine is what you know most of our parents want for us so i followed that very traditional trajectory as a kid i was really good at science so that led me to majoring in biology when i was in college and i had every intention of going to medical school but my junior year of college i started to see like this can't just be it this it can't just be like we're just going to graduate from school and go to work and like that's life so i decided not to pursue medical school and i went right into industry and at that point, I thought I had achieved the American dream, right? Because I'm the first one to graduate from college. I have a good paying career. I, I became an engineer instead of becoming a doctor. And in my mid-20s, I had a quarter-life crisis. And I legit was like, oh, hell no. Like, I didn't sign up for all this. I did not sign up for working 40 hours a week for two weeks off a year. But of course, I'm like, what, what else do, can I do? I didn't see any entrepreneurship in my family. I didn't learn about investing. I didn't learn about building wealth. I didn't learn what the rich do to not be in this cycle. And so that desperation led me to a mental health crisis, which then led me to learning about money and realizing that we've been scammed. We've been scammed as far as like what it is that we actually need to do to get the, the real American dream that so many uh, people around us somehow are able to achieve, but for some reason our community cannot. So that's a little bit about me. 
That is crazy because it does happen around that time, right? You're like, is this it? I, I feel that <laughs> a lot of us question it and not to the same level where we're like, okay, I need to step back. And some of us feel we have to keep going. Like, all right, we'll figure it out as we go. We'll figure it out as we go. But you're right. We have, we're told consistently that the way to do it is go to school, graduate, find a job and, and work, show up every day and hustle and work hard for, for somebody else, right? Yep. Um, because if there isn't anyone to tell us, like, no, you could do it. Look, you look at your skills. Look what you're able to do. You can do X, Y, Z instead of this. But I think our parents are just so caught up in like doing, you know, pushing us to get the education, things that they weren't able to do. So yeah. now as we slowly see it, we're like, oh, but look, this is the opportunity everybody was talking about. Yeah. So I'm glad that you mentioned that um, you had to take time. You stepped back and thought about it because we're so forced to just go on to this, you know, this hamster wheel and keep going and keep going and it's really hard to jump off either because you know the expectations of our family our parents and and being let's say you know they're you're the first so everyone's looking up to you what is she gonna do what's Jenny's gonna do next or what's Irene gonna do next and I need to follow their footsteps and it's really hard to then find the new road to take or the new path when you have so much weight on your shoulders but yeah I'm glad you took the time to slow down you know. And I think too, that all touches on it so importantly. Like, as a Latina, it's we're trying to pave the way, and our family really wants us to stick to traditional. You know, they want us to be the lawyer and the doctor, and they think that's the only way. And it's interesting because it's like entrepreneur to my family. My mom doesn't get it from me, yet all of my brothers are their own bosses. They mm-hmm. couldn't have jobs either because they were meant to be the leader for someone like me it's always been really interesting like she wants to know that I'm in my office that I have a boss like she doesn't understand that it's it's okay I can have that too I can be the leader and I can be in control and so there's a lot of pressure there a lot of criticism and yet my mom herself cleaned houses her whole life she's an entrepreneur honey it's a little different when you're self-employed I get that like she had a hustle she had to show up she didn't have a team but she understood it too she didn't have a boss traditional boss that told her what to do but it's interesting because with their daughters they want almost this like it has to look like this picture at least my family not every family but there's pressure to fit this picture and then you also look like a rebel when you're like no 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 no, mom I got all these Mm -hmm. hustles I do all these things and she's like I don't do nada so and I'm like well let's keep it that way mama I think that's such a good point because we are often forced to live out the stability that our parents couldn't have. So they push out all of their risk averseness into us and we become these really scared people who are just afraid to show up as our authentic selves. And not only does that happen at home, but it also happens in the corporate environment, right? Like me, I'm from Jersey. I have an accent. Um, You know, my parents, we're bilingual. So like, I always had like one identity at home and then another identity in the corporate office. Like even as far as like my hair, like I, I took me many years to even show up with curly hair at my at my job because I was just like been so programmed to fit into this box of what is acceptable and what is, you know, corporate friendly. And like, let's face it. I mean, we're talking about white America, like what's acceptable to white America. And so I think in that process, we end up losing who we are we we don't even know who we are and that's what I found in my mid-20s I was like I don't even know who the hell I am why I'm doing this and if we don't give ourselves a chance to first recognize that that has happened and then think about how we can start to reverse that and rediscover who we are and our voice and what we actually want to do we can end up waking up you know at 65 and looking back at our lives and being like I don't know any of what happened and and why I feel like I had no say in it Mm -hmm. Because we just get into this robotic autopilot mode. 
I think that's key. We'll, we'll continue with the next question in a moment, but I, I think that what you just mentioned about, we don't know who we are. And it's really hard. Like we, we talk about, you know, Latinas, you know, that are in their industries. Like you mentioned, you're an engineer. You pursued a field that was is also not common for Latinas and is not common for women, period. And you found a way that you're like, okay, this is more, more me. But then once you were in it, you're like, let me figure out what I really want to do. What does Janice want? And I feel like I was just recently talking to a client and she's like, I don't know. Like I feel lost. I don't know who I am. And, and even motherhood and the new things that I'm doing, like I really don't know who I am. And she shared this story about how she found some, her parents were moving from the Bay to LA and she found this toolbox and it, everything was like engraved with her dad's name, but her dad's name is Jesus and all the tools had Jesse on it, right? And she's like, my dad would go to work every day with these tools that said Jesse on it. He would go with his work boots every day. He's like, the only day I saw my dad be who he was of the, of the version that I saw was like on Sundays when we went to church, he would wear his cinto, his botas, you know, the, his, his, her parents from Mexico. And that's when I knew that his name was Jesus. And that's what, you know, like, and I'm like, just imagine like the things that it happens to us. Like we learn it is like, it's our experiences with our parents, you know, like just how we don't talk about money. We don't talk about sex. It's like this little part of our identity that's like needs to be hidden because we need to fit in that box. So our parents, immigrant parents or parents that came in, you know, Puerto Rico, you guys are U.S. citizens. You know, it's like it's still this identity, though, that is not the prototype American, white American thing that fits in the box. So how are we not going to suffer from imposter syndrome? How are we not going to have a hard time knowing who the F we are? Right. Right. So. In this process of figuring out who you are, you say you, you ended up going through a crisis, you learned about, you were reading about money and this mission came about more of like in the sense, like how was the Yo, Yo Quiero Dinero born from a side hustle to a full-time generating stream of income for you? Yeah. So for me, the light bulb moment that I was on this one-way path to just living a life that was not aligned with who I wanted to be was buying a house, which for a lot of us is like, yo, if you could do that, like you've made it, right? And so the fact that I was able to buy a house, I was about 31. My husband and I had been married for a couple of years. Everybody's looking at us like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is just the logical next step, right? So I buy the house. A, I couldn't afford it, but who cares? Because everybody's in debt up to their eyeballs. That's just how we roll. And about two weeks after I bought the house, I was diagnosed with like clinical depression and anxiety because of the realization that A, I had just tied my life to 30 years worth of debt and forcing myself to work a career that I didn't even like to pay this debt because that's just what I thought you do. And then again, it was just like a wake up call to, am I even doing this because this is what I want? And the answer to that was no. So in that moment, you know, I, I got the help that I needed, but then I also had just this lingering there has to be something else. This can't be the only way to do life. And then I stumbled upon podcasts. It was almost like a coping mechanism. Like I liked having people's people in my head, which is kind of what a podcast is, so that my own thoughts wouldn't overtake my life. So I would just have podcasts on all the time. I'm like, somebody talk me off the cliff. And I found um, the Journey to Launch podcast by Jamila Souffrant. And she was the first, first of all, the first black woman that I heard talking about money and then talking about financial independence and investing your way out of the corporate rat race. And for me, I feel like I had just gotten the freaking Willy Wonka golden ticket. I'm like, holy shit, there's this entire world of people out here who are literally leveraging their nine to five jobs to quit 
They're investing, they're making strategic moves, they're starting businesses, they're not just spending every dollar they make, they're actually using that money to buy their freedom. That for me was the spark that then led me down the rabbit hole of learning everything that I could about money. And in that journey, I continued to find that I was not represented. As a Latina, where are we at when it comes to these conversations? I was looking for podcasts. I was looking for people in the news. I was looking for blogs. Anything that I could see myself in didn't exist. And I firmly believe that as an engineer, like I'm just programmed to find solutions to problems. So that was the problem. And then it was going to be like, what's the solution? So the solution came about when I'm taking a shower, I'm listening to Dinero by Cardi B and JLo. And the universe was like, yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. And I was like, oh my God, that's the podcast. And two years later, and 250,000 downloads later, here we are. Wow. Congratulations. No lie. Yeah. For real. Well, congratulations. So you found it in you. You you listened. Not only that, you listened. You paid attention to the clues and the hints. And you listened, you followed your gut. You followed what you wanted. And that is key, right? And, and being able to achieve what we want to do. So that's, we're really happy for you. We're really excited. I mean, we were just fangirling off uh, before we started, uh, you know, jumping on here. You know, we admire you and we admire just overall, like the women that really take, put into action what they're receiving from the world, from, you know, some of us call it the universe and some of us are like, Diosito, la Virgencita, whatever it is that you, that you look for and the answers come, listen, you know, it's one thing to have the hints and the clues coming and then you not pay attention, but then when you're ready, you're ready. So I'm very happy that you decided to do that. 250,000 downloads. Congratulations. I mean, you're just getting started, woman. This is, <laughs> this is just the beginning. You so are. Yeah. I heard that you identified what the need was. There was a need. There was a need for yo quiero dinero. Not I want money. Yo quiero dinero. Mi yeah. gente. Us. That's where the void was. And you solved the need. That's incredible. Of course you're successful. You're going to continue to be successful, like Little <laughs> said, because you looked at what the market was doing and it was ignoring people like us, women like yeah. us. So thank you. Total engineer, like you said. <laughs> Solutions, baby. I'm married to one and I'm like, oh God, stop with the solution. We <laughs> just have a little problem here. We definitely admire your mission, the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast mission. And just, your, just who you are and your mission in general, Janice. Because um, we're all about leveling, leveling up Latinas. And mujeres, and what better way to do so than making sure that, you know, Latinas are financially savvy, that Latinas are comfortable making decisions to, you know, pave their own path and, and make and break out of the box pretty much. Right. So what is your top advice to Latinas who want to start building wealth? Mm. Well, I think it actually has to start with us unlearning a lot of the toxic things that we tend to learn at home about money. So many of us suffer from scarcity mindset. We suffer from negative beliefs about money because we saw a lot of us saw poverty growing up. A lot of us saw this lack. A lot of us saw this need to sacrifice. And maybe your parents were barely home because they had to work three and four jobs. And so you associate money with having to sacrifice time with the people that you love or, you know, sacrificing your sanity or your physical health or whatever it is. So of course, you're going to be scared of money if the only thing that you have associated with is negative shit. That's the first thing we have to come to the realization that our environment, whether that's your family, your caregivers, your community has a huge impact on what we learn or don't learn about money. And for many of us, either we have a negative perception or we have no perception because it wasn't even talked about. So 
acknowledging that is the first step because you can't, you don't know what you don't know, right? But it's when you start confronting situations as an adult where you have to make financial decisions, where you might have to hire financial professionals, or you want to just start investing for your future, that's when things start feeling overwhelming because you're not equipped. So at that point, it's a matter of educating yourself, you know, and there's so many different ways to do that nowadays, whether that is through podcasts, through books, following people on social media, listening to the news, whatever it is that works for you. I think it's so important for everyone who's listening to find the messenger that's going to connect you with the message that you need, right? Because, you know, Brad, who's talking about like cryptocurrency on TikTok, it's not really talking to me, not really relevant to me, sir. You know what I'm saying? Like Dave Ramsey telling people that he they need to have a thousand dollar emergency fund. I'm like, sir, do you realize that like the average rent in the United States is somewhere around like $1,400. What am I going to do with a $1,000 emergency fund? We ain't doing nothing. And, you know, Susie Orman was one of the first people that I started listening to in personal finance. And while, you know, I admire her and she is an icon in the space, she also owns an island in the Bahamas. So we're not really on the same path right now. You know what I'm saying? So I can take her information with a grain of salt, but I really need to hear from women like me. Like, how do I plan not only to build wealth for myself, but for my family? Because I know I'm going to have to support my parents in the future. How can I prepare a financial parachute that's going to be able to save me and, you know, the next generation? Because we're not just thinking about ourselves. And a lot of personal finance is really just like individual based. And it's just like you take care of you. And of course, that's like so on brand for America, you know, America. like everybody for themselves and bootstrap mm -hmm. your way to success and shit but it's like we know as latinos we our power is community our strength is in numbers and we need to be connected to financial advice that takes that into account right so that's what i think you know first you're educating yourself and then you got to start implementing what you're learning it's not enough to read all the books and listen to all the podcasts at some point you can start using the fact that you don't know something as an excuse for not doing anything. So at some point you got to get off the sidelines. And even if you're the first person to start investing, you're the first person to maybe start thinking about a side hustle. You're the first person to start questioning the status quo. That's how things begin to change. And then more important than that, it's not only about you getting proficient, it's about you spreading this information to everybody around you. Because I know, based on the dozens of people that I talk to every single day, that this message is still very taboo, very new, and it needs to be spread. But it needs to be heard from us because we trust each other more than some random person coming in from a big bank or some government organization and saying, well, you guys should invest, you know? That's not going to help that that message has already been out there and it's not moving the needle. What we need is a grassroots movement so that we can all succeed because none of us are going to make progress if our community is left behind. That is 100% true. And I'm glad you highlighted the individual versus the community. I feel that there are growing up in the United States, you know, from and being bicultural and learning to accept, you know, the the way of life, the American life is very contradictive to who we are, you know, um, in our blood, right? 
So there, there comes a lot of confusion as to like, well, they're telling me to move forward, but I have, you know, everybody that I know is back here. How am I going to be like started from the bottom, but everyone's going to stay there and I'm on top. So I'm very glad you point, we point that out because it is hard to share that message. And then it's really hard when, once you know it and you're trying to share, there's like, tu que sabes, right? There's definitely family that's like, girl, okay, you went to college. We get it. But what you know about this? <laughs> Talk to the homegirl down the street. She does a cundina. And it's like, no, like the cundina ain't going to get you nowhere. Where's yeah. the interest on the cundina? Like, come on, you know? So I'm very glad you you point that out because no matter how much we want to level up and grow and and really be successful, if if the people around us don't want to listen, it's kind of, it's, really hard and it's remember that it's not just you're going to have the conversation and it's done mm -hmm. what really moves a needle is when people see your progress and that's why i feel like transparency is such an important part of financial education like y'all know if you follow me on instagram i'm giving you receipts like i am showing you my bank statements my net worth like what my business is doing why it's not to be like getting clout i don't know i don't first of all i'm a super introverted person so like people being all up in my business it's not a vibe but at the same time as somebody who is doing something that is not common in our community i feel like almost a sense of duty to normalize that yes latinas can build wealth yes we can start six-figure businesses Yes, we can be the first ones to say, you know what, I'm not following that path. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we keep hiding and everything's like a secret and nobody knows anything, then yeah, of course, we're going to continue to feel like this is not a place where we belong. I want to see rich Latinas who are not J-Lo. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have a rich vecina <laughs> who just happens to have three houses mm -hmm. and a freaking yacht because she decided to start investing in her 401k when she was 21. That's what I want to see. I want to see the millionaires next door who don't have the last name like Smith and Jones. I want them to have the last names of R Rivera and Gonzalez and Torres. And it's like super normal. So that's why it's like so important for us to continue to have the conversations, even if it doesn't stick the first time. My parents thought I was crazy when I told them, like, I'm going to go quit my job to go talk about money. But now my father is the one who's asking me for investing advice. So you just got to <laughs> give them time. They will catch up and they will figure out that you're doing something right. But it's about the consistency and knowing that it's coming from a place of like genuine. I want to help you because you matter examples everything results everything so it hurts a little while when they don't want to listen but you have to be doing what you want people to follow and you showing the receipts honey when you showed the other day your income you were like 2017 2018 or whatever it was what mattered to me i didn't care about that bottom number six figures i cared about those zeros at the top you kept going in the years where you made no money and there was a need here. And it was multiple zeros. I don't know if you guys know the post I'm talking about. Maybe I shared it with you. She talked about her income year to year and there were zeros at the top and she kept going. That's the reality. That's the receipts that I want to look at because I want to know that you hustled and you grind and then it pays off. And then there's that number at the bottom that you're only just beginning. So it's so incredible to just have those results and then the rest will follow. And we will help our community, but we have to be helping ourselves first. A thousand percent agree. I wanted to say, uh, Janice, that I totally relate with you, you know, quitting your job and then going to your family and they were like, estas loca, okay? Because when I quit my prior um, law firm, private practice, my mom was like, pero por qué? You know, that's such a good job. Y por qué? You know, I had been there 15 years total as a legal assistant and then as a lawyer. And so they thought I was crazy and what was I doing? 
And, um, you know, a bunch of tías too, like, you know, was, you know, pero pues eres abogada, you should go back to what you were doing. And I was like, well, I needed a break. I needed a break from that. And that's where we started um, Level of Latina. And funny that, um, I mean, I don't know how it was with your moms, but they were on our podcast, all three of our moms, this past May sharing recipes sharing their stories and then you know they were excited about it they were nervous but they were excited about it and so you know it, they, they totally came around and now they understand it my mom's like oh what's I grabar to show you know she understands what it is now that's amazing I mm -hmm. love that such a full circle moment yes totally I mean they totally support it right they're like go do it and they still don't understand what we're doing <laughs> but they're you like, guys make money okay, we don't get it go, go do your thing but I, like that post that you mentioned like I've been following you for quite some time now I've seen you growing. It's really cool. And, and I love that people cheer you on. Like your message res like resonates with people. Um, but one of those things from that post, that, and you share this often, where you're like, let, your, you know, let, let things, you know, it takes time to build that number, to, to build a business and to build a business that brings money in. So with you displaying that, most people think you start a business, you're going to start making money immediately and the reality is that no it takes anywhere from, you know from up to three years to even see the return of investment and you know you're gonna it takes money to make money so and it takes patience and it takes you knowing and believing on what you have is worth being out there right yeah so it, it's like one of those things where like anyone out there that's listening that has been having doubts about launching that business or anything like do it do it because if you're expecting immediate results then, you know, be be mindful that it's not going to happen like that unless you have some magic something. I don't know. But be prepared to work hard and really take your time and, and believe in what you have, because it's going to take about three, three years to finally see some results in that. It's just some money coming in. Social media, too. It's just everybody has this idea mm -hmm. of instant gratification and they're used to seeing everybody's highlight reel. So they think like, you know, my business isn't making 100K a month and I started it two weeks ago. What am I doing wrong? And it's like, really? Like, calm down, y'all. This ain't reality. You are not seeing the struggle. You are not seeing the sleepless nights. You are. You don't know that that six-figure business owner started their business eight years ago, and that's why you're seeing this now. You're just finding out about the journey, and that's why you have to really dig into who you're following online and, and why, because a lot of people are out here just selling dreams, hopes, and wishes, and they're not actually selling the truth. Very, very true. And you're a prime example also of the uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> That's all you, baby girl, too. Like, I love that you show it. You, you, your receipts show. And that, and it, I, hope, I hope that all the people that are following you take that from it, you know, and they understand that. So to talk a little bit more about this term FIRE, you're on FIRE, girl. You're doing great things. And FIRE is financial dependence. Retire early. You've reached that. You've fi reached financial independence and you're working on retiring early. You know, you're doing your thing. What would be the first thing you recommend that someone that is interested in being financially independent, um, because it's not easy, what, do you, what is the first thing you recommend for, for them to do? Yeah, so financial independence is something that I feel like is the great equalizer for us, especially as women of color, because when you're in a position where you don't need to work for money, you have options, girl. You have options to say, F you to that man, F you to that job, F you to anything that is just irking your spirit. And I want that for us because I feel like so many times we are caught up in situations in life that are non-ideal because of the financial dependence that we have on them. So 
if you don't know what financial independence is, stop what you're doing, like click pause right here. Go and open a web browser and go and read about financial independence on my blog because it's so much simpler but in concept than what people think it is. A lot of people have this perception because of how the movement started that it literally involves like reducing your spending down to a place where you're living like a college freshman. Okay, so you're like living on ramen noodles, you sell everything you own, you move back in with your mother, you know, you don't have a social life, you're doing like potluck dinners for your freaking friends every weekend because you're not allowed to go out to dinner anymore, you're like bike riding to work, stop, okay? No lattes, lattes will make you, you know, lattes will ruin your life, God forbid you get a freaking Starbucks coffee, okay? And so, you know, from a, for a community that is used to deprivation, it's kind of like, why the hell would we sign up for that? Like, we already lived that life. I'm not trying to do that shit again. And I think that's what turns a lot of people off, especially in our community, to the FIRE movement, because that's the only thing that they associate with it, because that is kind of how the movement started. It was really like a bunch of white men who were working in Silicon Valley, making like $300,000 a year, and instead of spending all that money, they started doing all those extreme things and tried to live off like $30,000 and investing the rest of that money. The movement thankfully has evolved, but it's still very male white centric. So it's, it's part of what I try to do is dispel that whole myth around like super deprivation. What it actually entails is value based spending. That's what fire is. It is about being intentional with your money reducing the spend on shit that you actually don't want to spend money on and being more thoughtful about what you're doing with your money. So if you want to retire early, you're going to look for opportunities to cut down on spending on things that don't matter. Like maybe you don't need to go and, you know, take a trip to Cabo every other month. Like maybe you could just do that twice a year and the rest of that money, you can invest it. Maybe you don't need to go to brunch and spend $300 every other Sunday, right? And and use that money to invest in your 401k at work or open a brokerage account and invest it there. That's what FIRE is. And for me, it really started with first educating myself on the topic. There's a million books out there and podcasts as well. And then it was a matter of getting really clear on how badly I was managing my money. Because I didn't budget for a very long time because I just thought, you know what? I make $100,000 a year. What the hell do I need a budget for? But somehow, I was still in the cycle of credit card debt. I still had no emergency fund. I still didn't. I couldn't tell you where my money was going. Had no clue. But I thought I, I was good because I'm like, well, there's a lot of it floating around. I don't know what it's doing, but we're good. Uh, and it wasn't until I found out about fire and realized like, oh, you're not actually doing as good as you thought because you can't actually account for where your money is going. That I got serious about budgeting, but not in a way that it's like I'm counting pennies. What I do now is I budget for my goals first. So before I'm spending any money on vacations or going out to dinner, I am making sure if I set a goal for $2,000, worth of investments this month, that $2,000 is my priority. And once that is fulfilled, then I can spend the rest of the money however I want, right? If you have a goal of building your emergency fund or saving for a house or investing money, those are the things that you prioritize and then you live off of the rest. That's how you get intentional with your money because oftentimes we get our money and then we try to figure out what to do with it later. Whereas FIRE asks you, what does your life, your dream life look like? 
And then how can I reverse engineer it so that I'm making intentional decisions every single time I get paid to make that a reality? That's the big difference. Boom to everybody out there. <laughs> you heard that you might want to play back the last few minutes because that was some serious stuff. If you're not inspired right now, I don't know what's going to inspire you, baby girl. You're dead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. La pobreza. La pobreza <laughs> inspira. And this is the podcast for you. You don't need what? to go to the blog. Si la pobreza te inspira. Como dicen, la pobreza no es mancha. Um, pues no es mancha, but it doesn't let me live that dream life, yeah, yeah. you know? No way. <laughs> That's very good. Be intentional. Be mindful. Reverse engineer that life that you want. I love how you explained that. It's not overly complicated. It's very simple to the point. And it really is, like you said, not counting pennies, but really putting the money to work where it's really going to benefit you in the long run. So it's really, really cool. Thank you for that. Um, and I'm glad you clarified that. You don't have to go and live in the ramen noodles again. We've been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah, basta. Listen, I am bougie as hell. There's no way we're going back <laughs> to that, okay? Like, I, I think it's way more powerful. If you want to live that glam life, Go figure out ways to make more money. You don't need to be cutting back because that's not how you make progress. You cannot scrimp and cut and, and you know, save your way to wealth. You have to build. You have to own. You have to invest. That's what the rich do. So this coupon clipping shit, no, we're not doing that no more. Scarcity mentality. That yes. is just manifesting more that, that there's not enough to go around, that you can't be wealthy like the other person can be wealthy. I think that's not good for the psyche. Like always trying to get a deal, always trying to get ahead by saving a little bit. When in the end, you're not really saving. It's un gasazo everywhere. Lo barato sale caro. Like that is the truth. Yeah. Have the good quality things that you want. And what more do you want? Go get the money to have that. Go Absolutely. get the money that is there, that is in abundance. Otherwise, it's more of the freaking scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, Irene. You just brought, remind me, remind me, remind, 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 I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> Did it remind you of your mom? You just reminded me of something. Say. No. So, Otto, my husband has this thing where he's like, damn, you know, it's like, I really can't stand poor people. Like, poor, we're poor in the sense, like, not like in the sense of like, I can't stand poor people, but he's just like, the way we think, the way they think, the way they do things, it's like, cuesta más dinero ser pobre and the decisions that we're making than really being mindful of what we can do. You know, he's like, that's the part. It's like consistently, like you want to go save money. You're going to go and, you know, let's say you're going to go fix your car because you can't afford to buy a new one. But then you find the cheapest person to go to. You find the cheapest way to do it. Y te cuesta más. So he's like, I don't get it. He's like, I don't understand. How do we get our people to start thinking differently? And there's this, these mindsets of like, I'm going to save so I can have more. But at the end of the day, you end up from the money that you save, you end up using more of it to make up for whatever dumb mistake you made before. So like, how do we get that mind frame and that mindset changing, like thinking differently? It's like what you said though, it's like value-based spending. Yeah. Like absolutely value-based spending. What do you value? Do you value your time? Do you value, value the hustle, freaking inconvenience? Like, I know we don't see it. In my upbringing, my, my family always had like things that didn't really work, but you had to make it work because you were gonna spend money on it. So you had like the pliers to like turn the TV channels. Right? Or you have like just shit that doesn't work. Like the plancha is going to burn your white clothes. And like that's how it works when we're, we ain't getting a new plancha. And then so you come away and you're like, I'm fucking buying the top of the line plancha. <laughs> then you're like skewed. You're on the other side of it. But it's like that value based spending that eventually some people can judge a lease, but shit, 
I kind of like that I spend less, that I change my car every two years, that I don't, I personally, that's one of those areas where I'm like, that could be throwing money away, but I like the value that it brings into my life, that this is how I got my car like on an app, you know, and I turn it back in every two years, and I, I, I'm okay with that, because I give it to everybody else, Netflix got it, Hulu got it, all these other subscriptions got it, my car is a subscription. I know that's kind of a, a change of how I see it, but to me, there's value there, but growing up, it was like, este carro lo vas a manejar hasta que, like, your Flintstones, your legs are pushing that car, you're going to have that car. 18 years girl because todavía sirve it's like no este carro no sirve like I can't I can't be getting the illegal smog check every other year like ya estoy aquí ya estoy aquí with my little transitas because I don't go out and have more money to have an actual car that can actually pass the smog check this is all real story guys true stories these are stories from like, how you grow up and you're like no more transas like just have more mm -hmm. money to have an iron that works and a car that works and a lifestyle that you're proud of and doesn't what you said earlier drain your freaking spirit drain mm -hmm. your freaking energy actually make you feel bad because it's like that saying what is like robbing from Peter to pay Paul like mm -hmm. it's just not worth it Veto's other point your other point Veto it's like cuando estás pobre then you get like write terrible credit and then you have terrible interest and it's like predatory and you take these terrible loans and then you're just like in this hole and I say this because we have a lot of clients that were digging out of holes where like the system came after them when they were down and they had no choices and then so th this interest rate and these freaking bubbles that you're in like they have to burst so it can stop so then we can progress otherwise it's like you, you're always repeating this habit and it's just terrible yeah talk about you, you reminded me of something remember when we were in college and we all signed up for a credit card mm. oh my god the worst mistake right we were i I, they were outside of the library. We signed up because we were going to get free. I don't know. I don't even know what the free thing. Free a t-shirt, something dumb. I remember having that credit house. card for a while and just, it was always maxed out. And it's why? Because they knew that we were poor college students. We were going to sign up for it. And it took a while to get out of that cycle. And I, I think it was because we came in, you know, first generation. And maybe that was, a, that was, we were their target. First generation. No, no sabemos que hacer con nuestro dinero. We're going to sign up for a free shit. Um, and it's hard to, you know, step out of the cycle. And I feel like it's up to our generation because por más, I just, like, with whole, all this conversation, I'm thinking about how our parents, our tíos, like, por más que uno los diga, like, it's hard for them to step out of that cycle. And and for us, it, it's, you know, we can tell them as much as we want to, but it's really up to us to kind of, like, pave the way for the next generation. I know we were talking about this, this came up, how um, just having that mindset, I know for a good two years, I was I was not employed, you know, I was like doing, uh, working off my husband's uh, student stipend, but we ended up, like we made it work, right? We had, you know, we had our budget that we looked at and we we weren't living, like we were going out, you know, we were doing, giving, going to great dinners, we were still having our date nights, we were putting our girls in cool programs and I I never felt that we lived with that life of like limitations like we we're in Mexico for six months and that helped too because you know rent's cheaper over there but it's just like because we never limited ourselves and we never said like oh we can only spend this much or we can only um go um you know once a month out and it, you know it was I think it a lot of it has to do with like the mentality that we have and we need to change that and it's up to us to start making that change for the for those that come after us and I think that's that's really good, Seth, that you that you share that story because it really is in the sense of not just being mindful, but 
when you have your budget or some people don't feel comfortable calling it a budget, you know, call it what you want to call it. You know, your your money pot or your, you know, your distributing formula, whatever you want to call it. But when you when you set the intentions of where you want your money to go, you don't feel limited. You know that the money is going where you want it to go and it's working for you. So I think that that's really important for everyone out there that it's like really thinking like, well, give me, give me what is important to me? What, where do I want to see my money go? And the experiences I want to have with this money. And there you go, right? It makes things a little bit easier. There's a personal finance creator who I love, whose name is Ramit Sethi. And he talks about this concept. I of, love him. I love yes, him. he's yes. amazing. And he is one of the few personal finance people who like doesn't make you feel guilty about wanting to spend money on the thing. So he's all, all about preaching your rich life and defining like what that actually means to you. And he has this concept known as money dials. So imagine like a dial on a stereo or whatever. You have to identify what those money dials are for you that you're willing to turn the spending up on. So like for me at this point, I'm like, I'm not flying coach anymore. I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I'm sorry. We've been there, done that. Not a vibe. Zero out of 10, don't recommend. And now that I can afford it, guess what we're going to do? We're only flying first class, right? And some people might be like, oh my God, but you're going to get to the same place if you fly coach. Okay, yeah, we get to the same place, but our experience is not going to be the same, honey. And that's what we need to get, like that higher level thinking of just like, you don't need to settle for the basic shit. If that's not what you value, then spend the money on that. And then on those things that you could care less about, Turn that dial all the way down because obviously like you might have been spending on that previously because you thought you were supposed to. Like for me, that was home ownership. I'm like, I don't give a shit about owning a house. Did that. Did not enjoy it. I'm a happy renter. I've built more wealth as a renter than I ever did as a broke ass house poor homeowner. And so that's just like once you start un understanding what those dials are for you, can't nobody tell you nothing. Right. And, and that's when you start to trust your intuition. And that's when you really start to live and spend intentionally. Drop yeah. it, Mike. She could drop it. Right and there. that is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we, we do, actually, it's getting close to the end, but I'm glad you touched about like the house, house rich, cash poor girl. There's a lot of people out there. It's one thing to own your home, but really know how to manage your money. So it's really important where you put it, you know, where all those baskets, man, be careful and be, be mindful. So we get to our last question, which is our signature question, Janice. We always ask our guests, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? There's nothing wrong with you. You're questioning everything you've been told because you know in your heart that this is not the path for you. So now you have to give yourself permission to say, I'm ready to figure out what life looks like without the expectations of others, the judgment of others and the opinions of others. So trust your intuition and start listening to yourself because at the end of the day, it's your life to live. And if you define it by what everybody else wants for you, you're going to wake up one day and realize that you wasted it. Yeah, drop the mic again. That again. mic is again. Like, this is what the hell? <laughs> I love it, girl. I, I love know. it. Just like chills, chills. Chills, chills, chills for sure. One hundred. There's nothing wrong with you, Sparkle baby. I love it. Eso. Janice, I love that. Uh, one thing that um, I, I, you know, I got from 
um, scheduling this podcast with you, you were like, I don't work on weekends. I was like, I love that. I freaking love that. It's like you're setting boundaries and it's something that we all now do, but it's like, you know, good for you. Um, I know we were, we were all three of us, you know, we're recording, uh, our podcast on, on weekends for the most part, because that's when we had childcare, but we we're making it work. Now it's happening during the week because we want our weekends to do whatever or to be with our families. So thank you for that. I love that. You're like, I don't work weekends. Oh my Props God, that's you. awesome. Yeah. She's like, you want me? You want, you get me Monday through Friday, honey. Yes, baby. The 4-3. And I don't ten. even no, work so. Friday anymore, y'all. Like, <laughs> oh, I said, four-day work week, baby. Hey. Four-day work like, week. Mm-mm. You know, She's because like, I girl, feel like... Limited window. So many of us have this perception, especially as entrepreneurs, that like you're going to trade, you know, your nine to five. You basically you're trading it for your 24 seven because Lord knows these entrepreneurship hours are wild, especially when you're balancing your side hustle with your full time job. But I said, you know, if I'm going to create another hamster wheel, I might as well just stay in the shit that I'm at right now. And, and let somebody else worry about issuing my paycheck instead of me having to show up and send invoices and doing all these things and being my own boss. So I think you have to get really clear on not only, you know, how you want to build your business to support you financially, but how you want to build it to allow you to actually live that freedom that you wanted. Right. So I'm glad you guys shared that. Well, thank you so much, Denise. You dropped so many good nuggets and gems with us today. You dropped the mic as well <laughs> several times. So we really appreciate that. We are very thankful for you being on the show with us today. We, you know, we wanted your voice out there with, with the women that are that listen to our podcast and tune in and some of the dudes that check in too. They need to have, you know, you want to provide homie, then you better show up, right? <laughs> and show up right. So we are very, very grateful, very, very thankful for you being with us today. Um can you please let us know or let the people out there know how can the, um, you know, how can they find you? Yes. So I have a bunch of different businesses. My first is my food blog. So if you want to cook Puerto Rican food, go on there. That's delishdelights.com. If you want to check out my personal finance platform and podcast, you can head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com or head over to wherever I lurk on social media, which is pretty much everywhere from TikTok to Instagram and everywhere in between. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. So now you heard that, you know where to find her. I think I can't have enough of you already, Denise. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lurk on you now <laughs> everywhere else. Lunch delights, baby girl. Yes. All right. So thank you so much again for being with us here today. Um to everyone that really loved what was going on and you want to keep the conversation going, feel free to check in with us. You can always find us on Instagram at Level Up Latina. Also, you can find us on Facebook with the same handle. You can find us on Twitter at Latina underscore up. Or if you have any questions for Janice or any topic in particular you want us to cover, feel free to drop us an email, admin at levelaplatina.com. And other than that, thank you again, Ceci, Irene. Ready to drop the mics too, ladies? Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here.